So we know if you have been with us the last few weeks or if you've read the story that's uh, leading up to this uh, in the book of Exodus that God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. This conversation that was taking place was, was miraculous in a multitude of ways. God invited Moses to come to, to take off his shoes and to join God on this holy ground beside this bush that was burning and would continue to burn. And there, at this bush on the side of this mountain that we've mentioned that, would, that has so much meaning throughout the scriptures, God and Moses had a conversation. And the focus, the, the central aspect of what's going on in that conversation is that God had a calling for Moses that, that he wanted to reveal to Moses, that he wanted to tell Moses about. And their, their conversation centered around what it meant for Moses to be called into what was coming next. And as we read the story, we find out that, that both of them are aware that there's a problem in Egypt. You might remember that Moses, who was an Israelite, um, was adopted in his life. A long story there. Again, read back or listen to our other sermons that are online. But Moses adopted, raised in the home of, of Pharaoh's daughter, of the princess. So not being among the Israelites, he watched from, from kind of above or afar as he saw the Israelites being abused, being oppressed by their Egyptian slaveholders. All of his life he saw this and their pain, their captivity became for him a great source of pain and outrage. And we see that in the story he even kind of launched his own attack to try and rescue them. He decided that he was going to rescue them and in the process he killed an Egyptian man. And out of that he ended up, when it, when it didn't go as he expected, he ended up leaving Egypt, running away, going to hide out of fear for his life and his reputation. And he found himself in the desert and then eventually at this bush with God. But here in this story, we've been told before by the narrator, here in this story, God echoes what the narrator had already told us. As God says, I have heard the cries of my people. And God shared with Moses that God intended to rescue them. So now Moses becomes aware that God knows what's going on. We don't know if he knew before or assumed before or had no idea what was happening with God. This is the first interaction we see in the entire story between God and Moses. But now Moses finds out God knows what's taking place. And as God tells him the story of what's going on, they find that, that there's this alignment in all that's happening. This alignment that together they were aligned, that they were in pain, that the Israelites, Moses, people, God's people were suffering. We see their alignment that they desire to see these people rescued. And then as God continues to talk and tell about all that's happening, we find a hiccup in their alignment. A glitch in what's taking place. Verse 10, it read like this, 10 and 11, it says, God speaking to Moses, now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must leave my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? We have this saying of, of what would it be like to be a fly on the wall and hear that conversation. Obviously, they had no walls, and I don't know about flies, but I imagine what would it be like to be a sheep there among them listening and watching as this conversation between Moses and a burning bush took place. God speaking and Moses perhaps kind of responding, yes, God, they are suffering. I'm so glad you've heard their cry. 
Then Moses says, what, what great news that you're going to rescue them. Wow, that's amazing. You have a special place for them. It sounds beautiful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Wait a minute. I think I missed that last part you said because God, first you said you're going to go rescue them and all of a sudden things changed course and you said, now I'm supposed to go and rescue them. Now, now we have a problem. Up until then, God, I was with you. Everything was going great, but, but now I'm not sure what's going on. God was going to Egypt to save his people. And God had chosen or called Moses to be the tool of that rescue. So in this conversation that they're having together, God invited Moses to join God in marching on Egypt. In leading the people out of slavery and leading them to this beautiful land that that God had prepared for them, that God had ready for them. God had a purpose, a plan, an intention, a dream, a calling for Moses' life. And I think it's true that God has the same hope for us, the same hope for you and for me, the same calling in our life, that we would join God in God's work of rescue and recreation. All of Moses' life had led him to this point. Everything that he had done and experienced led him up to this place. Now, as I say that, be careful, because what I don't intend to say is that God in Intentionally wrote all of these things to happen exactly the way that they did. That God somehow wanted Moses separated from his family. That God somehow wanted Moses to be raised in Pharaoh's home. That God intended for Moses to murder a man. That God desired for Moses to run away from Egypt. The scripture never tells us that that's something God was orchestrating. But it does tell us that in all of Moses' triumphs and trials, that he was being Prepared to join God in this work that God was calling him out to. Moses knew Pharaoh. Moses knew Egypt. Moses understood the suffering that was taking place for the Israelite people. Moses wanted to see them rescued from their slavery. And Moses knew the desert. All of this lined up. All that he had seen and experienced prepared him for this very role that God was calling him into. Even when he he cried out and said, I'm a foreigner in a foreign land, that too prepared him to be one who led foreigners into another foreign land. Every step of the way preparing him for exactly what was coming. His own work of healing that we've talked about that he was beginning to see happen in the desert gave him tools to lead these slaves out of slavery into a land where they too could experience and discover and find healing. As I read the scriptures, I don't think the scriptures necessarily tell us that Moses' life had to go this way in order for him to be the one that God would use. That God, for some reason, orchestrated all of these tragic experiences so that Moses could be ready or could be used. But I think the passage does tell us that God knew Moses even more than Moses knew himself. And that God was going to redeem all of the tragedy that he had experienced. Again, I think this is similar in your life and in my life. That everything that we have walked through, everything we have experienced in life has led us to this moment of God calling us forward. 
I believe that each of us, all of us, were created with beauty and intention. That the scriptures tell us that over and over and over again. That God is not surprised by who you are or what you have become. God is in the business of redeeming all of the good and all of the bad that we have experienced And that in his process of redeeming this, that God also uses all of those things for the glory of God and for the goodness and for the sake of the kingdom of God. That God is continually working to move forward. God is bringing redemption somehow in some way to all that we have experienced up to this point in life. So as we think about calling, we end up running into these questions. So how is it that I determine what or where God is calling me? Where does God want me to be? What does God want you to do? We especially hit those questions as we enter major milestones in life, right? These these kind of major direction defining moments where you have to ask questions. I've seen pictures of Jackson touring around, looking at, at colleges, trying to make some decisions on what's coming. There are others who are doing similar things, trying to ask questions of, of where am I going to go next? What am I going to do next? There are those that are finishing college or have just finished that are asking questions about their future and their job and where they're supposed to go and what's happening And sometimes I think we have a tendency to get a bit overly bogged down in some of these questions. He says, we read the story of Moses' life, we find that Moses' calling was incredibly specific. Go to Egypt, take the Israelites out of slavery, lead them across the desert to a promised land. Out of slavery into paradise. Clear, specific. Not to mention it was also being spoken from a burning bush, which kind of makes it unmistakably the voice of God. But in my experience, and maybe your experience, the callings of God are not always quite that clear or distinguishable for me. Now, as we've talked about, and I wholeheartedly believe this is true, we've talked about this the last few weeks, and if you want to get that online, you're welcome to do so. But through some of the practices that we've talked about, I think that we grow better and better at actually hearing and distinguishing and deciphering the voice of God in the midst of other things. I think that God's voice becomes clearer for us in some of the practices that we've talked about. I'm not going to go through all that again, but again, those are online in some of the last weeks that we've been talking about. But I can tell you that that just in my own personal experience up to this point in life, that, that God's call for me is not typically as specific as it was for Moses. And for many of us, if that's your story too, it can become a place of, of frustration or disappointment. Why is God not speaking to me in that same why, same way? Why is God not making things as clear? Again, I think we get bogged down in a few of those questions because I think that what we need to understand first and foremost about the calling of God on our life is that more important than any of the specifics, God's call over us is that we be women and men of faithfulness. The specifics are not necessarily the point. Ongoing faithfulness is the point. And this, this piece of being faithful, of living into faithfulness, begins with the first movement of us becoming 
all that God has created us to be. Not, not us doing, us becoming who it is that God has created us to be. In Barton's book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, which we know we've been using as a resource during this series, she writes this, Before calling has anything to do with doing, it has everything to do with being that essence of yourself that God knew before the foundations of the earth. That God called into being and that God alone truly knows. It is the call to be who we are and at the same time to become more than we can yet envision. As we think about calling, we often jump straight into doing. What is it that I'm supposed to do? Where is it that I'm supposed to go? And I think what the scriptures show us is true is that calling actually has more to do with our being than it does our doing. Now, it pushes back again into these spiritual practices that we've talked about, again into these rhythms that we've talked about of who we become and what we do and how we do that, of being in the presence of God, living fully into the image of God that you and I have been created to be. It requires that we spend time with God, that it's with God That we learn how to follow after the image of God. That it's in the presence of God that the Holy Spirit can do the great work that the Spirit desires to do of transforming us fully into the women and the men that we were created to be. More than God is concerned with what we do or what we do not do with our life. God desires for you and for me to experience the transformation in our life and our soul. That only the Holy Spirit can work in. God desires to strip away all of the extra things that we have added on to who we are and who we believe that we are and how we live. All of those things that are other than the image of God that we were created in and created to represent all the days of our life. The false beliefs that we pick up along the way. As we walk through the good and the bad, all of the false beliefs of our own worth, our own value... Our own ability, our own lovability. As God works to transform, God desires to remove from us all of the garbage that we grabbed a hold of in all of the realities of life. We see that in the conversation that takes place between Moses and God. As Moses says to God, God, I'm not worthy to lead. If we keep reading into the book, we'll find that over and over again, there are these repeated pushbacks from Moses. I'm not worthy to lead. My reputation has been demolished. God, I'm not strong enough. God, I don't want to go. God, I can't speak well. God, I am the wrong man for the job. Over and over again, these repeated pushbacks from Moses and over and over again, God spoke into what Moses was thinking and into what Moses was saying. And God said, I will go with you. I will prove that I have made you worthy. I will be your evidence. I will give you the tools that you need. He gave him a partner. He gave him the staff. He gave him all the miraculous signs that he ends up showing to give evidence that he is the man that God has called to go and do this great work. It's as if God was reminding him over and over again in this back and forth conversation that God loved him. That God would make him able. That God would go with him. That God would provide for him. And then we're eventually told that the about halfway through chapter 4 verse 16 or 17 somewhere in there. 
that it says that God began to grow frustrated with this back and forth that was coming from Moses, with this, this pushback that was taking place. It's as if God said to Moses, I know who you are. I made you who you are. I love who you, who you are. Stop talking about my beloved creation like that. And I wonder as you and I think about what it means to be called, what it means to, to follow faithfully after God, if this morning as we think about calling, if the very first thing that we need to hear is that we need to be reminded that God has created us with beauty and with intention and God is calling us back into becoming fully who we were created to be. Maybe in order to get there, you need to hear these same kinds of words that I think that God may have been speaking over Moses. Maybe you need to hear the creator of the universe, the one who loves you so deeply, speak over you. I know who you are. I made who you are. I love who you are. Stop. Talking about or maybe thinking about my beloved creation that way. I have called you because I know you and I love you. Over and over again, these are the words the scriptures want us to hear. Has God shared similar words with Moses and with Abraham and with David and even with Saul and with Solomon? With the disciples in the New Testament? God says, I've called you because I made you. I've called you because I love you. God's call over us is that we would receive the truth. Of the God who has created us and the God who loves us. It is a calling that you would be fully you. Everything that you were made to be. A call that that I would be fully me. Fully and completely the person that God has created me to be. And it's out of this receiving, out of this becoming our authentic self. That God leads us into the place of joining God in the work that God is doing of rescue and recreation. And often for us to recognize this calling or to discover what it is that that is happening in this calling, it actually comes out of the depths of who we are. Often we recognize what it is that God is calling us into, where it is that God is calling us to go, out of these God-planted desires that are deep inside of our soul. That we can only discover once we've come to fully believe that God has created us in the way that God created us. To be who God desires for us to be. To believe God in that. To trust God in that. We watch Moses' story and from from the very beginning, from the very introduction, we find that Moses longed for his people to be rescued from slavery. And yet after his first debacle in freedom fighting, it seems as if he decided maybe he just wouldn't be a part of it. 
that he had blown his chance of being a part of rescuing God's people, rescuing his people. So he ran away from it. He got out of it. And yet the call that was coming, the call that was being stirred up in him is that God was calling him right back into this desire that had been in him. This desire that had sat dormant for all of these years that Moses had wandered around with sheep in the wilderness. God was calling this desire and this longing back to life in him. And often God does the same with us. God calls out of us this God-planted desire that is deep in our soul. That we can only recognize if we have become the authentic self that God has created us to be. Now, we also have to understand as we think about calling, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. That it's going to bring us fortune that we might hope for or an easy way of life where everything's just understood and just kind of rolls right along without any problems. That it's going to bring us fame that maybe we desire or that we long for. In fact, we see throughout the scriptures that, that faithfulness to the call of God may very well bring us pain and difficulty and ridicule. That's exactly what happened for Moses. And yet, the call is faithfulness. Faithfulness, whether it's easy or hard. Faithfulness, whether it's leaving or staying. Faithfulness, whether we understand or not. The call of God on our life is that we be faithful. And if the call is faithfulness, then we actually find that the specifics don't matter quite as much. We hit these times in our life that we find ourselves deciding between choice A and choice B, right? Or maybe it's choice A and B and C and D and E and F and G. And we're debating between all of these options of what's going on. And if we long to be Christ followers, then we're asking this question of Jesus. What is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me to go? What specific thing am I supposed to choose or go towards? And I want you to hear this morning that I think the call of God over us is faithfulness. Could you be faithful in choice A? Could you be faithful to God in choice B? Then choose. Just pick one. God will honor your faithfulness and your desire to be faithful. And if that is true, God will also honor your choice. Believe it or not, it isn't a trick. God is not actually setting everything up in order to trick us into making the right decision or maybe making the wrong decision. It's not some game to put us in the place that we have to be constantly afraid that as we look at these options, if we fail and pick the wrong one, we never get to fix things again. God's desire is to see us be women and men who long to be faithful. It's not as complicated as we make it. So as you evaluate your life and what it is that you're called to, maybe you feel like you're called to be a pastor. Or a parent, or a lawyer, or a teacher, or a missionary, or a doctor. Whatever it is, be faithful. 
Maybe you've already made professional decisions or life decisions and you're not asking those kinds of questions, but you're wherever you are in life and now you're still trying to figure out, but God, what is it you want me to do? What's next? Where do I go? What am I supposed to be looking towards? And I think the call of God is be faithful. Sometimes the specifics of what that look like are incredibly clear. And when they are, be faithful. Run without asking questions, without looking aside, run into what God has made it clear is the call over your life. But then also when they're not so clear, choose faithfulness. Do that first by becoming this this authentic self, everything that we were created to be, the truths of who God has said we are and called us to be. And then as you make decisions about how you live your life, or how you choose your profession, or how you decide your future, be faithful. Choose faithfulness as you decide how you'll spend your morning, or how you'll spend your extra hours in the evening, or what you'll do in your job. Each moment of the day, choose faithfulness. No matter how big or how small the choices that we have learned and we can see throughout the scriptures, that faithfulness means that you and I are a people fully surrendered To following after Jesus. That's what it means for us to be faithful. To fully surrender. So in our choices. We're fully surrendered to Jesus. I have this professor who I remember from seminary. We were sitting in his class. It was a leadership class. And we were talking about different things. And he was talking about prayer. And the things that he prays for. And the things he doesn't pray for. And he said that he was going to buy a fishing boat one day. And someone came along and asked him. Have you prayed to God about whether you should buy that fishing boat? And he said he looked at him. He said no. Well, I I think you should pray. And he said, he looked at him, he said, God doesn't care if I buy a fishing boat. Now, I might not push it quite as far as Bill Treadwell did, but I would say God desires that we be faithful. Could he be faithful to who God had called him to be in a fishing boat? There are people in our church that can't be more faithful to who God has called them to be than literally in a fishing boat. That is where they most clearly experience the presence of God. That doesn't mean I'm telling them specifically, go buy a fishing boat. I'm not trying to get you in trouble with your wives. But what does it mean for us to be faithful? We find that in doing so, the promise that we see in Moses' story and that we see over and over again in the scriptures is if you and I choose faithfulness, then we get to experience this repeated promise that comes from God. Over and over again, if you read through those several chapters, um, the end of three as we did and then all the beginning of four where we see the conversation go back and forth, we see that over and over and over God says to Moses, I will be with you. When you're unsure, I will be with you. When you don't think you're strong enough, I will be with you. When you're afraid that people won't believe what you have to say, even when they don't believe what you have to say, I will be with you. When you don't have the right talents, I will be with you. Another quote from Barton's book, it says this, says in this amazing dialogue, Moses experienced the great paradox of calling. God was saying, in essence, it is all about you. Because you are the one I have called. And it is not about you at all. Because it is all about me. All about God. And God's work in and through you. Church and faithfulness. It is all about you and all about me. Because God has called you. 
God has called me. And yet at the same time, it is all about God because it is God's work and it is God who will continue to do the work and bring the work to completion no matter what we do or don't do. Perhaps you've heard folks who will answer to, to doing something for God, something in the church or something in their life, whether it's, whether it's preaching or teaching or leading other people and, and they'll receive some kind of compliment. Some will say something about the great job they did. And often there's this, this, uh, this, I don't know whether it's, it's pure or impure attempt at hum, uh, humility to say, oh, oh, it's not about me. It's all about God. Perhaps you've done that. I've probably done that. And the reality is when we do so, we actually contradict what it is that God says in the scriptures. Because God says that it is about us. God has chosen you. Specifically you. God has chosen me to be the tools that God uses for rescue and restoration. Your work and my work, it matters. So don't deny the credit that you deserve in working with God. Also, don't steal The credit that God deserves in what's taking place. The scriptures tell us God doesn't need us to accomplish God's work, right? But it also reminds us God has chosen us to complete that work. And then in doing so, God does not overlook or minimize our efforts or the role that we play in this partnership that we're in. Us and God pursuing the work of recreation. God is calling you. Be faithful. Be faithful in who you are, who you are becoming. And be faithful in what you do. And it is promised over and over again, God will be with us. Pray with me, would you? Precious Lord Jesus, sometimes... If I'm honest, I'm unsure why. Why you have chosen me. Why you have chosen us. Why you have decided that this is the way that you will work to bring all of your creation back to paradise. And yet you have done exactly that. So we thank you for choosing us, for calling us, for desiring us. And God, we ask that you would continue the work of recreation in us. And as you transform who we are, that you would use us to continue the work that you desire to do around us and among us and through us and in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.